church. Welcome. Thank you for the applause. I do appreciate that. How are we doing? I said I wouldn't say that, but I just said it. How are we doing? Um, awesome. So Monique, of course, sent out the message, and she's like, man, we're going to go over our values. Here's a couple, won't you? Um, of the five, can I get any answers? Help me out here. We've got five values. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, the two that I've got, here we go. Beginning of the alphabet, belonging and big-hearted. Easy peasy. Um, so here we go. Let's always start with a, a definition because that's, that's good so we know where we are. Belonging, it's a noun, an affinity for a place or situation, a human emotional need for interpersonal relationships. Um, so that's, that's, that's a couple of words in a sentence, isn't it? Um, belonging, for me, personally, my experience, belonging is tied with serving. Um, we all want to feel valued, we want to feel wanted, and we want to feel appreciated. Um, all these are a desire of worth. So how? How do we, how do we find belonging? Um, and this is specifically sort of in a, in a church family um, scenario. So here's some four steps, four quick steps to spiritual belonging. Uh, the first step, believe, become a part of God's family. In 1 John 3 verses 1 and 2, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. See, children, family. Aww. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, we're in the family, and what we will has not been yet made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So that's cool, like God wants us to be part of his family. We're involved in the church, we're part of God's family. How cool. Psalm 68 and 6 says, says oh man. Psalm 68 says, Psalm 68 verse 6 says that the church is God's creation. Its purpose, to set the lonely in families to give us a place to belong. Step number two, so we had believe, now we have stay. Uh, Nicole and I got a puppy, which is pretty cool. Um, she makes us look really good when we take her out in public. Um, but here we go, yell out, what are some basic commands that you give a puppy? We've got some sits, anything else? With some stay, that's a good one. Backflip, awesome. Yep, that's right. Here we go. So stay. Step number two, stay. Um, when you stay still, when you stay, when you come into a, a church and you stay, you have a time to hey, just okay. Let's sort out the surroundings. Let's work out what's happening. Let's stay. Let's listen. Um, let's rest, and then once you've gathered that information, then you can make a move. And here we go. Number three, move in. Hey, move in, it's a verb, it's a doing, it's a forward decision. And it's a decision to become part of a community. Um, the way you can do that, hey, uh, join a team. Plug. Um, yeah, join a team. Man, my notes are all over the place. How good. Um, so a couple of years ago, uh, I was part of a church. And then my parents and my family left the church. They moved to another church, it's all right. And I committed, I said, hey, I'm, I was part of the music team. I was like, well, I'm going to wait till the end of the year. I said, I'm going to be part of the music team to the end of the year. At the end of the year, then I went to my family's church. First Sunday there, rock up, walk through the door, oh, it's hey, it's Liam. And uh, I knew the bass player, we're just chilling out on stage. Um, and he's like, oh, bro, I'll, I'll teach you this riff. I was like, oh, yeah, cool, cool, yeah. 
And then the, the three-minute countdown timer song started. I was like, bro, do you want your bass guitar back? He said, no, no, you have it, bro. It's all right. It's good. Said, I'm, I'm not really part of this church family yet. But hey, it's like, that was, it's like, okay. And then I'm automatically in the music team, which is cool because I don't know anyone. But now you're part of the team. You're part of a family and you get to help pack down. And they're like, man, we love people on the pack down team. It's so good. Uh, with Activate, I did have to audition. There was a slightly slower process. Um, easy peasy. Uh, number four, number four, make space. So to gain a sense of belonging, we have to make space for others to belong. So we have to take the focus off ourselves, and we have to say, oh, Jaden, you know, do you want to come to my house and watch Formula One later? And he might be like, no, I'm totally not interested. But when you take the focus off yourself and focus on others, um, when you take the focus off your own need for belonging and create space for others to belong, we find ourselves surrounded by those who are happy to have us in their lives. How much more appreciative are you when someone's like, oh, would you like to come out for coffee? How about I take you out for dinner? How's your life going? Rather than, oh man, no one ever talks to me and I'm slightly introverted and I'm having a lot of fun on the microphone up here. If I'm like, oh man, how's your week going? Let's talk about you and People feel belonging and included because of that. Um, so make space ties wonderfully into another value, which is big-hearted. There's a typo that says black-hearted. <laughs> Not that. Big-hearted. Proverbs 11, 25 to 26 says, A generous person will prosper. Refresh whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. The people curse the one that hoards grain, but they pray God's, God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. Um, so for me, I was a PK, pastor's kid. Anyone out there? PKs? Yep. You know how it is. Uh, I grew up in Levin. My dad was a pastor of a local church. And uh, yes, the Browns, man, they know, they know what's up. Um, and for many years, our church put on a free Christmas lunch for the community. Um, so that's for those who were alone, didn't have family, they couldn't travel, etc. And it's like, man, you know what? Our church is going to put on... I just got distracted by the six-minute thing. Um, Christmas lunch, yeah. So Christmas lunch, come in, be a part of our family, let's invite you in. And it's like, as a kid, so little to that tall, it's like, oh, but it's my Christmas day and I just want to spend all day... Um, you know, with my presence, and it's like, no, hang on, there's a community we can serve, that's a, that's greater, um, whenever we do complain, mum would always Matthew 6, 19 to 20 on us, okay, um, another awesome thing that's happened is in the last year, I missed those, um, but Nicole and I bought a house last year, and I was like, when we bought this house, we're like, man, how awesome, God's blessing, God's provision, we've bought a house, but also, how can we sow into others, um, so big-hearted for us, that's running a small group, getting young people into our home, imparting our life experience, our knowledge, what we've done into their lives, giving them a safe space. I hope it's to them it's a safe space. And then I'm like, oh, we're not going to watch Formula One again. <laughs> uh, Genesis 12, God calls Abram and he says he will bless Abram to be a blessing. So the challenge is, what does big-hearted look like in your world? Is your next step um, to belonging joining a team? Is it joining an Activate group? Is it hosting a group? 
any one of those things as an option, there's people you can talk to to do that. Um, let's pray. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your plans and your purposes for us, that we are loved, we're part of your family, and you have an awesome plan for us. God, as we go into this week, this month, the rest of the year, reveal to us your love. Holy Spirit, we pray you'd guide us on how to be big-hearted, how to love those in our worlds, and um, how that looks like for us. Thank you, church. Amen. Next up, the awesome, almost as tall, Sam. So as I've been introduced, I'm Sam. I realized about a year ago that I had a problem. Now, I've never been one for cameras taking photos, so most forms of social media, I'm not prone to addiction to them, right? But I found myself pretty enamored with Twitter. There's just so many fringe opinions. It's so interesting to see. There's people speculating on the next crypto markets around all sorts of things, what's happening over the world. I found that super interesting to just get engrossed in. But one of the things I found is that there's most people on Twitter, like a lot of the internet really, there's a lot of anger or cynicism or fear. And if I was dwelling in that for half an hour at a time while I was scrolling or an hour, say, I could find myself just feeling tense afterwards. I'd go on for a quick hit of dopamine and just trying to relax and clear my mind. But instead I was feeling tense, so I knew something needed to change. Went for a quick spring clean, unfollowed most of what I was following, followed a few pastors. <laughs> it helped. And now one of the things I really enjoy seeing come across my feed is architectural pictures. Just whether it's a quaint Italian village or we've got a soaring cathedral. And something that can cross your mind is this cathedral was built hundreds of years ago. And you see the craftsmanship and the work that went into it. And it makes me think of a verse that often challenges me, that I've been thinking about for several years. Colossians 3, verse 23. In everything you do, work at it with all of your heart, as if for the Lord and not for man. So I think there's several standards you could have for doing work, right? You could scrape by what's the bare minimum. You could do a pretty decent job, and then there's all you have. Excellence, like you're building a cathedral to God. And Colossians tells us, in everything you do, excellence. Frankly, I'm not sure that that's actually possible without God. And I think that's probably the point. So to be kingdom focused, I think that's working for God. It's whatever we do, we're working for God, but we need to work with him to pull that off. Not all of our work will be something is directly kingdom-focused as a cathedral. For some of us, it's, but most of us, it's much more indirect. But we know that God works all things for his glory and for his kingdom anyway. So it's still worth putting in that excellence. Now, if we're talking about being purposed and walking in his purpose, God can bless that. I think the most important calling for any Christian, our highest purpose is to have a personal relationship with God. It's that one-on-one -on -one relationship. We know in Revelation 3, verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I'm at the door and knock. If we open the door and let him in, he'll share a meal with us. He wants to spend time with us. So big picture, God wants a personal relationship with us, but what does that look like in our day-to-day? -day? I think a 
a big part of many of our weeks is the work week. And God wants to spend time with us in our work. An interesting piece of career advice I heard a few years ago. This guy was saying, don't consider, like, don't follow your passions. Don't follow your heart. Don't look at what you're good at, even. It was, what discomfort can you best endure? It's an interesting point, right? That we know every, every job has some sort of downside. Is that you're working out on the physical elements. You've got to deal with difficult people. You're making cold calls all the time for sales. So I work as a programmer, and the downside there is it's, it can be very satisfying when it works. It's like a nice puzzle. And when it doesn't work, you can spend hours of frustration, and you're like, and you figure out there was, you, you put a typo somewhere. And it's, yeah. I was working on an app last year, my first one from my employer. I'd done a few small side ones, so I was, thought I was ready to take the next step. And for a bunch of it, I was. And I could do a lot of it. But I hit some parts where I was just out of my depth. And I didn't know what I was doing. And there was one occasion in particular. I was three, maybe four hours in. My head was going a bit fuzzy from all the thinking. Uh, I was getting pretty tense. And I just didn't know what to do. I tried everything I'd thought of and more. So I just prayed. I hadn't previously thought that God would really be interested in my work. But I was, like, I was really at the end of my rope. <laughs> wasn't an eloquent prayer, it was really one of desperation, like, please God, why? <laughs> why have I done this? But within probably five minutes, less than five minutes, I'd worked out what it was and was on my way again. God did help. And that happened maybe 10 times over a month. So great for productivity. It was a big hit to the ego. <laughs> and I learned that God's better at my job than I am. It, So, and it feels obvious when I say it out loud, but I'd never really considered it, that God would want to be involved in my work. But I think God does, that he wants to be involved in, in our work just as much as in the rest of our lives. So for these two values, the kingdom focused is to me, it's about working for God. And the purpose is about working with God and how we can bring those two together. I think they're tying quite nicely. So I'd like to challenge all of us, myself included, to take something something in our lives that's all right or good, but not cathedral standard, not excellent, and to give it to God. That could be in our work, personal relationships. This could be somewhere we're serving at church. And I'd like us to pray, God, I want to do this for you and with you excellently and see what he does. Thank you. And now Jaden. Awesome evening, everybody. So I get to share a little bit about courageousness, which I think it's it's one of those words that we hear in church, you know, be courageous. And we hear it and we're like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I want to be courageous. But like, what does it actually mean? Because I know personally so many times I can throw it out there, but it's like, what does that mean to me? What does that mean with God? And so looking into the definitions, the definition of courage is the ability to do something that frightens someone. And the definition of courageous is to not be deterred by danger or pain. And so with these things, I was like, wow, God, where, where does this sit with you? Because, you know, we hear the word courageous all the time in the Bible. It's like, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, all these things. And I was reading some verses and I realized that there's one thing that sticks out through all of these. And it's that 
our courageousness, when we're courageous, that comes from God, that comes from being in alignment and knowing that he is with us. We read in Deuteronomy 3, 6, oh, 31 verse 6, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is with you and he will never leave you. First Corinthians 16 verse 13, be on guard and stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong. Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord. He Wait on the Lord, be strong, and he will take heart. Oh, sorry. Wait on the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And it's this idea that when we're courageous, it's not our strength. It's not Jaden's strength, Jaden's courageousness. Now I can do this. It's I am courageous because God is always with me. I am courageous because wherever I go, God is with me. And so I was thinking about these times in my life where, um, where, you know, it can be scary. It can be scary to do these things. And one of the things that God highlighted to me is it takes courage to have identity as a believer. It takes courage to say, God, you're my everything. Because it doesn't take long to look at the world and to realize that the world is not heading towards God. The world is not heading in a godly trajectory. And so as believers, we're not called to be a part of that. We're called to be set apart. We're called to live in line with Jesus and to live without all for him. And so that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to be bold about that, to share that. And so uh, for me, that's with my friends. When they're talking about things or when they're talking about their weekends, it can be real easy to go, oh yeah, played football on the weekend, hung out with some mates. Yeah, oh, I had church yesterday, but that was cool. You know, and then just move on for that. But that's not putting God at the center. That's not putting him first. And so courage goes, oh, far out church was good yesterday. God moved. The Holy Spirit was moving. This person was healed. These things were happening. Oh, and I hang out with some mates and played football. Like when we put God at the center, it's these things of in uni, when people are talking about what they did on the weekend or when people are talking about their priorities, instead of just shying away from it, going, well, actually, my Bible tells me, my God tells me, I believe. And so there's these things where every day our identity is challenged. Every day our identity as believers of God is challenged. Our identity is challenged and it takes courage and it takes boldness and strength to say, my God is God. My God, Jesus, he's the one. I am not, I'm not of this world. I am his son. I am his son. I am his daughter. We are his children. And we read these, bio, we read these stories in the Bible and it can be real easy to see um, their courage as like, you know, that comes naturally to them. Like we read of Moses splitting the Red Sea. That took a lot of courage because the Red Sea didn't split and then they walked through. They took the first step and then the sea split. God moved on their action. We read of Peter stepping out onto the water. The water didn't like freeze and then he was like, oh yeah, cool, it's ice, like I can walk in it. Like he had to take the first step and then God moved. We read of the story um, Paul and Silas praising in the prison, their freedom had not come yet. They praised and through their praise, their freedom came. They praised and they said, God, my all is with you. And through that courage breakthrough happened, through that courage, through saying my identity is in you. There would have been a lot of people saying a lot of things to them as they're singing here in prison. But God moved because they said, my identity is in you, Lord. I have courage. I have faith. My strength is found in you. Abraham sacrificing his son. That takes a lot. That's a lot of faith of this promise that God has given Abraham. And then God says, will you sacrifice your son for me? And Abraham says, okay, God, I don't see this. I don't 
know where this is going, I don't know, but I have courage and I believe that if you've given this to me and this is what you're telling, then I'm going to step into it and you're going to provide. And he did, and then God moved. And so there's, with courage, it has to come first out of the Lord. And so what I've realized and what God's spoken to me is that courage does not come from our own strength. We can't be courageous in my own right. I can't go, oh, I'm ready. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to do this. It goes, no, God, you're all I have. My identity is in you. My everything is in you. And when we step with that courage, when we step into that, and when we say, okay, God, here I am. I don't know how to do this. I don't know where I am, but I'm putting my identity in you. When we put that trust in God, and when we stand courageous, when we stand firm, then God starts to move. And then our like God just starts to do so many wonderful things in our life. And so I just want to encourage us and challenge us that are we being close with God? Because our courageousness, being courageous, it comes out of being close with God. It, be courageous, be strong, because for your Lord is always with you. Be strong for the Lord is always with you. Do we know that? And is that a truth we're believing? And so I encourage us tonight as we start to think about that, where are we placing our identity? Where are we, um, where are we looking to for our strength? Are we looking to God or are we looking to ourselves? Because, you know, as Monique shared the last couple of weeks, we need to attach ourselves to something greater. We need to attach ourselves to God. We can't attach ourselves to ourselves. We need to attach ourselves to God and that's where our strength comes from. And so I'm going to pray and we're going to wrap this up. But just where is our strength coming from? And just wrestle with that. Think about that. Where are we putting our strength and where are we putting our faith? So Lord, I thank you that you're greater. I thank you that our faith and our strength, our courage, it does not come from us, Lord. I thank you that it comes from you and that you are greater, that when we're With you, Lord, nothing can come against us. And I thank you that although we may not see the big picture, although we may not see how everything interlinks, Lord, that when we trust you and when we step out with courage, that you will that you prevail, that you will move and that you will always be there, Lord. I thank you that you've never failed us and you never will, Lord. That when we trust in you, when we step with you and when we put everything onto you, Lord, our identity as you, Lord, that you're there and that you're there with us, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.